Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy 2.0, the one true podcast and the only podcast to have a magical artificial dick. Is that our podcast dick or is that uh, our personal dicks? Well, I, I didn't want to speak for you, but for me, it's both. So, <laughs> well, mine's, mine's inflatable too. So it's magical, <laughs> but it's all natural. It's all natural and inflatable. Also, it's antimicrobial. <laughs> Somehow, speak for yourself. Magical. Ah, ah, once again, yes, I didn't mean to. Welcome to this episode. Today's topic. We have a topic, Chuck. Um, it's not just skunk dicks. It's not again, just Once again, dicks. I've done no research or really anything <laughs> for this. God, it's been a rough winter. Chuck's, Chuck's been having, he's been in a down spot. So I have take, like, it's like that time when I said I would like take over. I've taken over. And then you did. I did. I'm taking over. I'm Put doing out, today's. Like, regular weekly podcast for two months. It was yeah. awesome. Memories. Here, <laughs> here comes, here comes one I, I did everything for. <laughs> Just about. Um, so I'll just apologize in advance. But uh, I'm hoping this is the start of a new trend. <laughs> uh, today's topic is I, I hesitate to say it because it was so poorly received last time, but it's mythology. It's a mythology. Norse, Norse mythology? It's Norse myth. No, I went with Scandinavian mythology. Oh, Scandinavian <laughs> mythology. So different. I went with mythology of the upper Finns. Um, <laughs> they they just have one thing. It's a snow monster because that's all they. That's all the they yeti. The yeti. Except they call it a hookah. Oh, I made that up. Okay, I lied. <laughs> Sorry, you <laughs> that's did not no, true. You did no research, did you? Don't go to Finland and be like, "Where's the gunka?" You know, like they'll just look at you like, "What?" Well, they don't like to talk about it. No, they might true. pretend that they don't know what you're talking we about. Don't, we don't they say just that. Don't. Yeah. They'll be like, that's our name for it. You can't say that name. <laughs> no, we're doing we're doing Egyptian mythology. And right now you're going, Egyptian mythology didn't we do that already? Haven't we already done that? I thought we did that. I swear to God we've done that. I'm pretty sure you did, but I asked you and you're like, we just said something about it, but we didn't like do it. So We did more like Egyptian history. I don't think we went into the religion itself. Well, oh, pardon me, the mythology. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to call it a religion. Those things, uh, those are two separate things. You see, Chuck, religions are meant to be believed. They're actual history. Well, mythology are just stories. Yeah, mythology is other people's religions. <laughs> uh, so, before we get to that, though, we'll just do our, our usual thing. Skunk dicks. Oh, yeah, skunk dicks. Skunk dicks. I got a skunk dick. What do you got? Oh, God. You know how people, like, are constantly giving me shit? They're oh, yeah. always somehow finding me and handing me things. And it's usually about how, what a terrible person I am and what I need to do to be saved. Um, so this one, I'm going to tell you what it is so you can go there because we probably all need to go there. Risen Life Church. What do you think so far? Someone gave you a pamphlet for Risen Life Church. Is this what people do to pilots? This is... They, this one, I wasn't a pilot this time. This was on the street. Now, normally my my thing when people hand me stuff on the street is I, I just ignore people. I don't take, I hate when people, it's like, here, here's some trash for you to throw away. Thanks. You know, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> here's yeah. a piece of paper for you to go take care of. No, 
Um, but I saw what he was handing out, and I'm like, okay, I'll take this one. Because <laughs> I wanted to read it. Um, Chuck, at Risen Life Church, their goal is to experience general trans- no genuine transformation in all areas of life. Um, they have a name for it. They call it life transformation. So, All areas of every single area of life. <laughs> every single one. Like even taking a shit. Uh, we call this life transformation. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of redundant, yeah. Um, we believe that God. We this is all it's just their belief. So at least they don't state it as a truth. We believe that God wants to have a loving relationship with His creation, but we all have turned our back on God, which the Bible calls sin. That's what sin is. So you can masturbate, right? What? Well, sin is just turning your back. You just can't back. turn your back while yeah. you're doing it. <laughs> no, you have, to, you have to face God and look yeah. in the eye yeah. when you masturbate. You have to stare at your uh, <laughs> portrait of Jesus, Mormon Jesus. God, God is that guy in the porno that's like, now look me in the eye. Look at, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> face me. <laughs> face me. Um, oh, because of our sin, we have no peace with God. The punishment for our sin is death and an eternity apart from God. I don't call that punishment, really. That seems pretty good. Seems pretty well. Oh, which the Bible calls hell. That's what hell is. It's being apart from God. That's not so bad. No, I'm thinking that goes in the plus column. Uh, But God sent his one and only son, Jesus Jesus Christos, uh, to live a sin-free life. He died on the cross for our sins and conquered death. And raised back to life on the third day. That was an awkward sentence, but, you know, there it is. Um, So, that's probably pretty boring. Everybody knows that. We all know what Jesus did, right? However, I bet you don't know what to do in order to enter into a loving relationship with God. Uh, Enlighten us. Enlighten us. One, I love it when they list it out. It's like three easy steps. Of course, each step is like four steps, so... Yeah, I hate when they do that shit. They got a bullet point it. Uh, right now, really. One, admit. That's it. Admit. What? <laughs> you must admit that you have sinned against God. Roman three, Romans three, that is, says we have all fallen short of his expectations. I I hate when I do that. Fuck. Well, I'm tripped up on uh, number one. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. In light of your admission, you must also turn away from your sinful behavior. See, that's two things. It's like I have to admit it and I have to turn away from it. Yeah. Again, that's a lot of effort. Yeah, that's way too much. Admitting I, maybe. That's not too much effort, but sure. turning away from the sin. No. Sounds like work. And number two, believe. You must believe that Jesus is who he says he is. That is, that he is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Um, by the way, this whole thing has zero punctuation. Okay. Um, so I'm inserting punctuation, even though there is none. I just want you to know that it's like the mark of a crazy person. <laughs> and it's all it's all caps too. Um, okay, good. And I'm not joking. It's a printed thing. It's in all caps. It's awesome. Um, so See, man, I can't se- do that either because uh, there's no evidence, right? There's no. A, they always say believe, 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 but that's just the same as someone random coming up to the street and saying, uh, "Believe in Jim. He saved you." Oh, I believe in Jim. Believe. I, I have this crazy pamphlet. Enough. I've got this book I've written all about Jim. I just, yeah, I, I, love, I love that. 
It's First, amazing. Just say you're a dick, then say you don't. <laughs> right. Jim calls you a dick. You're a dick because Jim says so. Now, believe in Jim. Now, believe it. Believe in him. Um, yeah, because John 1 says that all who believe in his name will be given the right to become children of God. Wasn't oh. that a movie? Oh, no, that's okay. Children of Men. Never mind. It's, that was Children of the Corn. That's Children of the Corn. Outlander! We have your corn. Now come pay for it. Um, I think that's how that went. <laughs> that dude was creepy. He was like like, oh, yeah. like the red-haired kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the third thing you must do after you admitted how much of a dick you are, and now that you believe in Jim, you must confess. And we must confess that Jesus is the Lord. Isn't that? We just did that. We just I thought said it didn't cover it under admitting. I thought so. Romans 10 says that if we confess that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Confessing that Jesus is Lord means that you let God call all the shots for your life. You give him all of who you are by trusting and obeying him. You just turn over your entire life over to some dude who doesn't exist. It's getting a little dark now. Now I have to obey him? How's How's that working out for you people? This is some weird Aurelian shit. Uh, but it's not just a matter of understanding the truth. See, then they keep going on. That's this right. Is- it's not enough to believe. You got to <laughs> tell people about it. And it's not enough to just understand it. it. You got to do some other shit. It's yeah. like step 15. You need to have a conversation with God. Oh, it's God. called prayer. Yeah. Oh, they tell you how to pray. Yeah. Find a quiet spot and start talking to God. Admit to him you are a sinner. Believe who he is and confess that he is the Lord of your life. Your life will never be the same. If you've had this conversation with God, or if you have questions, we'd love to chat with you and pray for you. Please contact us. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. RisenLifeUtah.org. There you they go. can't tell me how to pray. I'm going to find the loudest spot possible. No, um, they, they would like you to contact them first. Oh. So, yeah. It won't I'm work. God that. can't hear you in loud spots. <laughs> Shh. talking to God. Uh, I'm getting a lot of interference here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, God, get on the LTE signal. It's fucking 3G doesn't cut anymore. Dropping signals right and left. That was a cell phone joke. That's <laughs> <So, laughs> like praying. Is God needs more cell yeah. towers. Yeah, he needs, a, he needs a better connection. Wi-Fi, really, that's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's probably best. Well, um, that's all the skunk dicks. Well, Who man, are you going to vote for? I'm going to vote for, <laughs> I'm gonna vote for Jesus. You're voting for Jesus? Yeah. I don't believe I'm, in him, and I think he's a skunk dick. I'm going to vote for the print on that pamphlet. It was too goddamn small, even though it was written yeah. in all caps. That's why they put all caps. They're making up for the small <laughs> font point size. There we go. They always got to fit that, like, like way too much shit in there on this little tiny piece of paper to hand to you. Yeah. Like that, well, yeah. they had three easy steps, but it turned out to be like 20. Right. So. <laughs> they could have just said, admit, confess, believe. Right. Call us. Uh, all right, uh, put it in the machine. All right, let's uh, see who won this thing. Well, Matt, uh, it was Pat Boone. Pat who? Pat Boone. I don't even know who Pat Boone is. To tell you First the truth. of all, are you telling me Pat Boone's alive? Pat- <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know he was still alive. Isn't he a singer, Pat Boone? He's some sort of From singer. The 60s? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's a singer, he's a composer, an actor. 
a writer, a television personality, also a motivational speaker and spokesman for something. Well, he's a skunk dick uh, this time because, well, first of all, he appears in God's Not Dead 2. So that oh, by itself my God. grants him skunk dick. Right. Uh, but uh, now he's mad because Saturday Night Live recently did a parody of the God's Not Dead uh, franchise uh, entitled God is a Boob Man. Right, because because the gay, oh yeah, the gays want the gay. this poor innocent Christian to make a gay cake for their wedding, and she just that, can't do it because God is a boob man; he's straight. That's right; he's not. God's not gay. Matt, alive. that <laughs> is blasphemy. <laughs> Saying Sounds God like blasphemy. is straight is goddamn blasphemy. Yeah. Wait. What? You think they'd approve of that? God, no, God's gay. God's gay? I think God would like boobs. No? So, uh, when Combs asked Pat Boone if Pat would like the FCC to declare that a show like Saturday Night Live or any other show can't do that kind of humor, Boone replied, you cannot do blasphemy. Yes, he believes that there should be regulations that prohibit <laughs> blasphemy, and the Federal Communications Commission uh, should punish networks that air such blasphemous programming. And, Matt, he believes that 90% of the country agrees with him, and they want this kind of censorship, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got the math on that. That sounds about right. right. I love how he just, you know, what, what something like, he, he's got some old statistics, because right. it used to be that 90% believe in God. Those numbers have dropped in the past 15, 20 years. But he just assumes that everyone who believes in God believes in the same God that Pat Boone does and agrees yes. with its weird uh, violation of the... Uh, First Amendment. The very First Amendment, Pat Boone. They, I love how Christians love, they just like pull statistics out of the air like that. 90% of the American public. Yeah. Sure, Pat. Even though like church attendance is falling, millennials don't care about it. Those kids today, I tell you. Um, what is the greatest, like the second greatest, if so-called religious affiliation are the nuns, right? That's like, us. That's why that's us. We're none. I'm an extra and yet 90% of the American public. Uh, personally, I thought that was some of Saturday Night Live's best work in a long time. Yeah, well, they've, they've been hitting the nail on the head with their political stuff. Their, their <laughs> debate skits have been pretty good. But yeah, that was a good, it, it yeah. pretty much nailed it. It was spot on. You know, these guys are saying, right. you can't go up against the gays there. The right. Most powerful group in America. <laughs> <laughs> Make the cake. <laughs> that that's because that's what's happening. Oh fuck, Pat Boone. It yeah. might be might be time for it. And Pat Boone, Matt uh, said the SNL skit is part of a larger evil and violent agenda to attack America. Oh no! And God, and <laughs> those only it will be sent to hell. It's only step one of some master plan. <laughs> First, the just... skit, then the cakes. <laughs> He says, God is not thin-skinned, but he does no. demand reverence. If you have any brains at all, oh, my God, my irony meter is just shooting through the, <laughs> is broken. And it just fucked over my irony meter. If you have any brains at all, you don't pitch yourself against someone who created all things, the God of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I am amazed that he says this shit with a straight face. Uh, they don't have to apologize to Christians, but when you come against God and the Holy Spirit, who are one and the same, uh, you're oh, yeah, bringing yeah. upon yourself eternal 
condemnation. So if they're bringing upon themselves eternal condemnation, be sent to hell, uh, why is he uh, clamoring for blasphemy laws? Isn't the problem going to take care of itself? Yeah. Who are you, Pat Boone, to decide God's judgment for him? Let God judge and send people to hell on his own. He's God, apparently. Again, again, <laughs> weakest God ever. The only thing that would make this better is if Pat Boone was some kind of other weird kind of conspiracy theorist or something. Like mm. a birther. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> no. Pat Boone also lashed out to media, claiming that members of the media are coming up the truth about the legitimacy of President Obama's birth certificate. Oh, man, he's gotten out of the birther game. You know why? <laughs> oh, why? He's taking a lot of heat for it. <laughs> <laughs> These guys cannot take criticism. They uh-huh. can't take any crit. They see any sort of light criticism as uh, an attack on their very existence. Uh, can't do that. It. Can't crit- They can say to us, for example, as he did, that we'll all go to hell, right? We'll be tortured right. and burned in hellfire eternally for the rest of time. But uh, you can't say, hey, look, Pat, I-, I think this birther idea is a little stupid to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, and he's the one that's persecuted and victimized. Why do every a time lot of heat for it. I bring that up, people look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Fine. Therefore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Pat Boone, Skunk Dick of the Week. Actually, yeah. Skunk Dick of the Month, because these podcasts are getting pretty few and far between. Oh. I don't know well, if you it's... noticed, Matt. It's <laughs> April. I think it's like our third podcast. And two of them are skunk dick episodes. So hey, hey, it's our f- oh, that's right. But it's our fourth podcast. We've just released two of them. I've lost, <laughs> I've lost at this count. at this time. Now, as people are listening to this one, it's probably like midsummer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've um uh, and they've they heard the just last. beginning to edit the one we recorded two weeks ago. So yeah, it's good. We're good. All right. Well, well done, Pat Boone. We thank you for your contributions. Let's get on to the real topic, the one in which Chuck will say nothing and just make little jokes. I'm uh, probably going to take a nap for the next half an hour. But wait. What? You'll undermine my confidence and make me uh, <laughs> mumble a lot, so don't, don't leave. I'm here. I'm here to jump in. <laughs> All right. If you, everybody's a little familiar with Egyptian mythology, right? We know the pyramids. We know the... This temple, that temple, seen the pictures, pharaohs, all that stuff. Some sort of owl-headed jackal human shit walking sideways. They like attributes with their gods. They're always sticking like animal heads on them. Um, But let's go to the beginning. We're going to the very beginning of time. Like Adam and Eve beginning? Oh, no, way before that. (laughs) They totally cribbed from Egyptian mythology. So... Uh, the very beginning, in the very beginning, was water, the primordial waters, and eight, and in the waters were eight gods. Uh, right away, you're probably thinking like, I've heard this before, but just hold on. This is this is where it starts. This is where they get it. From. I love this shit. So someone's <laughs> just sitting there thinking this shit up. They're like, okay, there's a bunch of water, and ah, fuck, we'll throw some gods in there too. They're just eight gods chilling out in the water for an eternity. Well. No, they—they're just—it just is. Don't right. don't ask it don't just, ask questions. 
<laughs> you can't ask questions. <laughs> it just blinked into existence one day, a swimming pool full of eight gods. Now, Chuck, these eight gods were known as the Ogdo. That just means eight, basically. Oh, yeah. Just, so, yeah. Were they dragons? Um, were they noisy uh, dragons? No, they were attributes. Look, here's the thing. You know, first of all, eight gods, kind of unimaginative. Primordial waters, eh, a little derivative, but okay. Anyway, these gods came in pairs, husband and wife, male and female, and they all possessed certain attributes. So in these waters, you have four pairs, and these pairs... Uh, by the way, if you want to remember which one's the male or female pair uh, of the pair, the female always ends with a T most most of the time, uh, with a few exceptions. Um, so our first pair of these gods is Huck and Huckett. So which one's that female, Chuck? I'm testing Huck. right away. No, I said that with a T. Huckett. Huckett. Um, like Smurfette. I can exactly. remember that. I can remember that. <laughs> Damn it. I wasn't thinking about that. Um, and their attribute is formlessness. You see, it's not just like, we'll just stick. That's these not gods. an attribute. <laughs> That's their attribute. That's like the opposite of an attribute. <laughs> Have you ever played D and D? That's like an attribute. Anyway, next is Cuck and Cuckette, and their attribute is darkness. Go ahead, make a joke. I'm sorry, darkness was their attribute. That's their attribute. So there's a little like. <laughs> Look, this is. I'll I'll get to the reason <laughs> These behind. These gods are just checking each other out. Well, that one's formless over there. So uh, <laughs> there's this black hole over it's there. Formless, dark. Okay, gotta check. Uh, Amun and Amunet, hiddenness. Hiddenness. Ah. That one I know because the Amun became very popular later on. And uh, that's right. Egyptian. You know, Amun ends up becoming a very important god in Egypt. Yeah. You'll have a pharaoh, Amun Hotep, uh, named after Amun. They like to add Hotep. That means Amun is pleased. Anytime yes. you get a Hotep on there, that just means they're kissing up to the god. Or uh, Mrs. I guess, is born, right? I think so, yeah. Um, it's a little cocky to name yourself after a god, and it, he likes it. That he's pleased. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you named yourself, like, Jesus licks my balls or mm-hmm. something, you know. Like, <laughs> god, if I ever have another kid, that's going on the yeah. birth certificate. Nice. Chuck is pleased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for the fourth pair, Noon and Nunette. Noon himself is the primordial waters, and Nunet is his consort. Oh, uh, don't think too hard about that. They're all stop you. They're right all chilling there. out in noon. In noon. Okay. Um, this is the early phase of Egyptian mythology, uh, and let's think about what it tells us so far. We don't have all the gods yet because they end up with a lot of gods in, in, in this mythology. You don't have people walking around with jackal heads. Uh, you just have chaos. You have attributes, you know, darkness, hiddenness, formlessness. Uh, in a sense, these are all negative. Yeah. And it's basically an early mythology where chaos reigns and everything is uncertain. It's like the That's absence it. of form and the yeah. absence of light. The uh, absence of, I don't know, being known, I guess, for hiddenness. So these are yeah. all, yeah, negative. So it's it's kind of hard. I'm having a hard time picturing these gods in my head, man. Well, you don't have to picture them. It's just it's just a beginning. You get a lot of this. Uh, this is a little bit of a common uh, motif, I could say, even among uh, desperate mythologies, is where things start from some sort of primordial this or that, be it waters or or land or an island, and uh, and everything ends up coming from there. And usually, like something just pops up and appears, and there's no explanation. You don't need an explanation. Oh, um, but that is the explanation. <laughs> so they'll say like. 
uh, yeah, this water appeared and there's a bunch of gods in there. What's your explanation? Right. <laughs> so this is pre-creation. This is Egypt doesn't even exist yet. You just have these eight gods. They're known by their attributes and pretty much nothing else. Um, by the way, sometimes uh, when they did represent these these you know primordial deities, they they gave them the heads of frogs because frogs are because they're water deities. They're water, you know, yeah. frogs, water. So um, the form of formlessness is a frog. Yes, and then now we get to the moment of creation, and of course. It springs forth from the waters. Oh, my so God. From, yeah. We're, we were talking about the moments before creation? Yeah, that was pre-creation. Oh. That was just, like, it's kind of like in Genesis. Like, what's the beginning? In the beginning, there was some shit and nothing else, right? Yeah. And then light? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really read the uh, Christian mythology. I'm not <laughs> too into it. <laughs> it's pretty it's obscure. Kind of, it's kind of stuffy, too. Um, yeah. Now, creation springs forth from the waters, uh, you know, birth, uh, hello. Um, all mythology is some sort of weird, like, you know, sympathetic magic, you know, thing going on. Anyway, out of the waters comes a primordial hill, a mound of earth. Everything, everything back then is primordial, just so you know. It's just, they got a primordial hill, got a primordial rock, probably. It's a primordial something else. Uh... It's probably some primordial guy scratching his balls, like the first guy to do it. He's the primordial ball scratcher. And also in Egypt, up and down the Nile, you get all these temples built. They all claim uh, sometimes to be built on this primordial hill. Right. It's like, you know, hey, I'm on the primordial. No, you're, that hill sucks. This is, this, <laughs> this is it over here. Definitely the first hill right here. Right. Uh, but standing on this primordial, can we stop saying primordial? Just, the first. <laughs> the first hill. On this hill stands a god, Atum. Atum is very special. Yes. He's a god that's, he's the first god that's also a person, you know, essentially, you know, not just an attribute. Uh, he ends up beginning all the other gods. He creates the gods that interact with the earth. He is known as the self-created. So how did he get there, Chuck? He created himself. And he did. That's it. That's Kind of in his name. Uh, so go. then a tomb with the original eight gods plus him makes nine. They become the Ennead, which means nine. So. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sensing uh-huh. a pattern here. <laughs> so a tomb all by himself and with no help from anyone has two children. Virgin birth. Hmm. Um, yes. And these children are Shu and Tefnut. <laughs> yeah. Did you say Tefnut? Tefnut, okay. which I thought was one of those kids from How to Train a Dragon. Yeah. Isn't it Tefnut? I don't know. So Shu is air. Tefnut is moisture. So that's what the myth is telling us. In the beginning, you've got air and water, heavens and earth, formlessness, the formless void. Does this sound familiar? Egyptian mythology, thousands of years older than the Old Testament. And you kind of see them borrowing, you know, Judaism, Christianity later and later yeah. times. Aren't, are they stealing shit from Sumer? Um, I didn't see any research on that because those are kind of, I think Egyptian mythology is a little older. I mean, they're pretty, uh-huh. would you say, convert, not convergent, but they're similar times. You know, we're talking, we're talking like 3,500, 4,000 BCE, right? Yeah. So. So the Sumer, Sumerians got it from Egypt then. 
probably. Egyptians ruled, man. They started everything, even monotheism. I love Egypt. Um, so this is somewhat common in early mythologies. that You get a time before time that is chaos or a void or just, you know, just attributes. And from this, everything comes. And the point is that in the beginning, things are somewhat unknowable and it's scary as shit. So, <laughs> but, uh, but for now, we have Shu and Tefna and they have two children, Geb and Newt from uh, Aliens. No, just kidding. Sorry. Couldn't... Newt. Newt. Uh, and we know which one is female, right, Chuck? Newt. It's Newt. Oh, you got it. Geb. Gabither, Newt is the sky. She's a sky goddess. Uh, sometimes you'll find images of Newt in tombs, uh, especially royal tombs. She'll be painted across the tomb with her legs going up one wall, her belly across the ceiling, her arms down the other. And on her belly, they paint the stars. And the idea is that at night, she swallows the sun and then births it in the morning. Oh, I thought she was going to yeah. shit it out in the morning. <laughs> no, that would be oh, disgusting. Goes through, you eat it and it goes through your vagina. Uh, makes so, yeah. sense, yeah, makes sense. Now, compare this to Greek ideas. Um, they had their four elements, right? Fire, air, water, and earth. There's similarities, you know. Uh, again, this is, you know, mythology 101. Uh, but everyone's borrowing back in those days. Uh, when you get that far back, it's hard to tell who started this shit. But, um, but definitely the Greeks, Judaism, Christianity, come a little later. And you even get little uh, side myths at this point about how air is jealous of Geth. And Newt, so she squeezes in between them and gives you the earth with air and then the sky above. Uh, there's even some similar um, Native American religions that kind of come up with these stories that just explain how we have earth down here and the sky's up there. They were love, but then they were separate, you know, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, beautiful things, but uh, good literature, I would, I guess, right? Not a lot of information, but, you know. I think it's accurate uh, scientific uh, theory. <laughs> yeah. At least as good as uh, theoretical physics. And- oh, sure. It's, it's on par. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Teach anyway, the controversy. These, these two have two children and so on and so on. No, actually, they have four. Um, now we're going to get to the shit, the stuff you've been waiting for. Uh, they have Isis and Osiris and Seth or Set. And Nepsis. Finally, uh, gods I recognize. And Matt, Set, I believe, is the uh, exception that proves a rule. He's a dude. He's a dude. He was known as Seth or Set. So, And then Isis also is the female of the pair. Um, so why is she called Isis? Yeah, she should be called Isit. That's because in Egyptian she was Ist. Oh, ist. In the Egyptian, you know. So Isis is the Anglicanized version. It's the Greek version. The Greeks came along and were like, we'll just put it. We like to add Isis on shit. So Uh, we'll just call it Isis. Um, Yeah, so you get Seth, also known as Set, and yeah, he's the male god. So now we're at probably one of my favorite stories. uh, And it's probably the most important and well-known of all the Egyptian myths. If you listen carefully in this myth, you will end up getting all the basics of the Egyptian belief in life after death. All of them. I am listening carefully. <laughs> Listen carefully. So Isis and Osiris, and along with their sister, Nephthys, they are the good guys. Their personifications are good, but Seth is the evil one. He's, he's elementally evil. He's the archetype of the devil, essentially. He only tries to do harm. According to the myth, 
Isis and Osiris come down to Egypt to civilize it. And what does that mean, civilization? Well, for Egypt, it means domesticating animals, raising crops. And uh, according to Egyptians, all the origins of civilization comes from Egypt, comes from Isis and Osiris. And on that primordial hill, probably. Yeah, it all started on the hill. You plant it right there. (laughs) They do such a great job. Osiris says, you know what? I'm going to go away. I'm going to teach the rest of the world how to do this shit. I'm going to bring a diffusion of civilization from Egypt to all other land. So he goes away. And while he's away, remember Seth, the bad guy? I do. Seth? Yes. Uh, The devil. The devil. He tries to get away with doing evil uh, because that's his thing. But Isis gets in his way and stops him. Come on. I'm serious. The women are always bringing us men down. (laughs) She's the goddess of magic. And she is known as she who knows all the names. Now, do you know the significance of that? I think if you know someone's true name, you can cast a magic spell on them. Exactly. And that, and actually, you know, I see this in uh, certain fantasy novels where it's like you have to know their true name, right? Names are power. If you want to do a spell on something, you have to know their real name. Like, Chuck, I curse you to be afflicted with penile scabies or scabies. But if. But see, that's not my true name. Exactly. It's it won't work. Beelzebub. I'm not really sure I know you anymore. Is it Chuck? Charlie? Charles? Reese? Is the name on my birth certificate my true name? It would be Charles Reese Morrison, yes. Well, sometimes people would have two names. They'd have their real name that only the mother knows. So we'd have to ask your mother. And then they have a name that everybody knows you by, like Chuck, which right. means which that's per- ancient Egyptian for to huck something. It uh, <laughs> protects me from people casting magic spells against me. It does. That's why I go by uh, Chuck. Yeah, that way someone tries to put a spell on you. It yep. doesn't work. Uh, oh, oh, the Belgariad. Uh, did you ever read those fantasy novels by David Eddings? No. There's a whole thing about you got to know their name. Anyway. Usually, too, um, it's demons. You know, they have like this fancy name that they go by. Then they've got their true name and you can make them do whatever you want. If yeah, their that's their true it. name. Exactly. That's there's where a, this shit comes from. There's a better example than the Belgariad of <laughs> late 80s fantasy novel that I read a long time ago. <laughs> So no one is out of the range of ISIS. She's a witch. Um, no, wait. Uh, don't do anything. She you can't know. convict her, though, because she'll cast a spell against you. That's where they made the mistake. She is who knows all the yeah. names. Uh, so she, with this power, she keeps Seth at bay until Osiris returns. But Seth's a schemer. He comes up with a plan. Um, Osiris returns, and when he's sleeping, he sneaks in and takes measurements of Osiris, takes his body measurements. Perfect, exact measurements. The best measurements ever. Just <laughs> the best. Just huge. Uh, and then he has a chest built to those exact measurements. And uh, he brings this chest to a banquet, and he makes an announcement. Everybody's there. Everybody went to these banquets in the old days, Chuck. All the gods, you know, townsfolk, I suppose. I, I love these plans, um, <laughs> too. It's, not, it's just... Who the fuck thinks of this shit? <laughs> right. He says, I will give a fantastic prize to whomsoever can fit exactly into this chest. Seems a bit thin, right? <laughs> but they fall for it. You're like, yep. okay. It's kind of like Cinderella's slipper, too. Yeah. Uh, so one after another tries, 
And and they don't fit, right, of course. And then Osiris is like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and he walks over, and of course it fits him, you know, to a T. And as soon as he's in the chest, Seth slams the lid shut, secures it, pours molten lead on it. Yeah. Um, and where's Isis? Why this is going on? Over by the punch bowl. She was, yeah, Drunk again. by the yeah. <laughs> spiked punch. Uh, yeah, he, he pours the molten lead onto it, and he tosses it in the Nile, yeah. and Osiris dies in the chest. One of the saddest stories I think I've ever heard. Yeah. And it was yeah. really unpreventable. <laughs> I know. Just uh, so tragic. But you see, they have no problem with the god dying. He is a god. He's greater than man, but he's mortal. So he dies in the chest. Why not? Yeah. Um, now, as we know, the Nile flows from south to north towards the Mediterranean. Yes. That's why yeah. Upper Egypt on a map is actually below. Southern Egypt. Yeah. Lower Egypt. And takes the chest with it. It ends up washing ashore in the Isle of Byblos, or modern Lebanon, if you must. Now, according to the myth, according to myth, um, <laughs> name that movie. Star Trek II. The Earth was created in six days. Watch out. Now watch out. Here comes Genesis. Uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. That's going to be a podcast one day. We're just oh, going to yeah. do a, um, a reading of uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Okay, according to myth, there's a huge story. They'd probably rather hear that than what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'll just keep going. Oh, definitely. There's a huge story. And the chest, along with dead Osiris, is blown into a tree, and the tree ends up growing. It grows huge. It encompasses the chest within the trunk. All right, I'm calling bullshit on that. No, that's what happened. There's no way a chest falls into a tree and then it grows around it. It was a huge storm. That is huge. <laughs> Ludicrous. <laughs> now, the king of Byblos wants to build a palace, and he needs trees. He needs big ones, uh, you know, like the cedars of Lebanon, mm-hmm. right? You ever heard of those? Oh, yeah. Uh, so this tree gets cut down and ends up as a pillar with dead Osiris in it, still in the tree in the palace. That is a big tree. So we have Osiris in a chest and a pillar in a palace. So <laughs> say that three times fast. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay, done? All right. Done. Uh, but Isis will not abandon. Isis loves her husband. She will not abandon him. She goes on a journey to find Osiris and eventually somehow finds out where he is in a pillar in a palace, right? And she gets a job at the palace as a handmaiden to the queen of Byblos. Isn't that a step down from being That a is goddess? what you do when you are the most powerful goddess. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the magic in the universe at your fingertips. I think I'll try a little ruse to get myself in there. Well, you see what they're saying, though. She's, she is also humble. Oh, okay. You see? Yeah. So she convinces the queen that her husband is in one of the pillars, and the queen ends up being sympathetic to her plight, and has the pillar cut down where, indeed, they find good old dead Osiris in the pillar, in the chest, in the pillar, in the palace. Well, how are they going to replace the pillar? They probably just, you know, just stuck some shit there. I hope it wasn't a support pillar. I hope it was purely for decoration. Right. What if What if that was a, uh, what do they call that? Construction? That thing I used to do? <laughs> uh, probably support pillar, what you just said. Uh, so she uh, she wants to take him back. She does. She takes him back to Egypt for a proper burial. His dead carcass inside a sarcophagus. That's right. However, Seth, ever the schemer, uh, she takes him back. She buries him. He finds where she buries the body. He finds it. 
and he hacks it into 13 pieces. Um, there's a couple versions that say more or less, but we'll just go with 15. He scatters the pieces up and down the Nile, and Isis is like, fuck! Now I have to go and do it all over again. God, now I just I found to. this guy. Seriously. But Nephthys, her sister, and the consort of Seth, um, aids her because Nephthys is kind of nice. She's good. Um, so they go and find all the pieces. Almost all of them, that is. There's one piece missing. And, of course, it's the dick. Oh, it's yeah. Missing. Uh, Osiris, um, Osiris's dick. I guess Seth had special plans for that one. Yeah, he tossed it into the Nile, and it was eaten by fish. Oh, yeah, that's what he told people happened. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said. I thought it eaten right away. Uh, that's pretty cold. That's some cold shit. Where you, you can toss all his dick away. Dick is eaten by fish. Yeah. Hate when that uh, happens. But Isis goes ahead. She reassembles all the pieces of Cirrus, everything, so that he is whole, including an artificial phallus or dildo. Of course, she'd be like a Ken Barbie doll if she didn't do that, right? <laughs> exactly. Totally and then smooth. she breathes life back into him, and he resurrects. He becomes the first to rise again and becomes known as the Resurrected One. Matt, that I can believe. That, yeah. The tree business bullshit. <laughs> but you believe this part? Yeah, the breathing life back in. Yeah. It's, like, Chuck- it's like ancient CPR. Exactly. Now... As the resurrected one, there are certain perks that go along with it. You automatically become God of the Dead. So congratulations. You got tricked. Woohoo. You got killed. You got hacked. Your PPU is eaten by fish. You spent some time in a tree and a pillar. But now you're God of the Dead. Listen, you got to look at the bright side. Yeah, it's all good. So what, what did we learn from this myth, Chuck? As, like as I said, almost every funerary belief can be traced to well, this myth. Well, uh, the most important thing is if you lose your dick, you got to make a new one. Yeah, well, of course. Because they end up going on to have children. I'm jumping ahead, but they still end up having children somehow. Through an artificial dick? It's they're, You know, don't ask too many questions. Magic. <laughs> Magic. Um, so, here's what we've learned. Recovering the body and burying it in the Egyptian soil. you got to be buried in Egypt. Very, very important. The Egyptians, they never... C- Colonized. They didn't con- They didn't go and conquer and set up base and stay there. They went to war. They did some conquering, but then they went home. They had tribute sent, you know, back. Uh, they made trips back and forth, but they didn't stay there. You want to be buried in Egypt, right? They never uh, were really an empire. They right. were. Uh, they would. They'd go sail out, march out, beat the shit out of people, steal all their stuff, and bring them back to back. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. You right, know, right? That's the way to do it. Uh, now, Osiris was missing his dick, you know, as we all would. Um, and Isis fashioned the first dildo for him. Why? Because you have to be complete. If you're going to be using this body in the next world, it needs to be whole. Oh, yeah. Now, this reminded me <laughs> of the modern myth of uh, Beetlejuice. Pinocchio? Did you, see the, <laughs> did you see the Beetlejuice movie? Yes. What, what year was that? Like 1988 or something? Late 80s, I guess. Yeah, there's this scene, you know, when they end up, uh, the couple dies, and they end up in the afterlife, and it's like a bureaucracy, and there's all these people waiting in line to, to, like, at the DMV, but they're all, like, fucked up in some way, and they're waiting to get fixed. Like, one guy's, like, head has been run over by a car, and it's just a big tire. So, you got to be whole. You got to, you know, that's what they're doing in that scene, which I 
personally thought was funny, but you know. But that was derived completely from ancient Egyptian mythology. Nobody would think that, but yes. That's where Beetlejuice came from. Uh, so you got to be a hole. You got to be buried in Egypt. You got to be a hole. So sometimes embalmers would uh, fashion like, say, a fake leg for someone missing a leg. Uh, but for the next world. So, you know, the message here, you need to be whole and complete. Um, anyway, now what about the chest that, that doesn't, Seth made? That doesn't go for your internal organs, by the way. Those no. are all taken no, out. No, you don't need those. It's Especially, <laughs> you know, they would at least, uh, in little canopic jars, they'd save your heart, your liver, right. shit, you know. But the brain? No, no not the brain. It flipped your body over, stuck a hook up your nose, and just swizzled that whole thing out. That is... I still don't understand. How can you just pull out a brain? Because that's what they do. They flip it over. They put. They had a name for that. They had a special hook device. Yeah. I can't remember it offhand. But yeah, and they just pull the brain out through like the nose, right? Yeah, they wouldn't pull it out. It's so soft. You would uh, break through that plate that separates like the top of the nose to the brain. And then they'd uh, swizzle the, the hook around. Oh, okay. <laughs> liquefying the brain. And it would just pour right just out. Just right the nose. out. Okay. Because you didn't, ah. what use do you have for your brain in the afterlife? You need your dick. You do yes. not need your brain. No. No. As males, the brain is redundant, I think. If right. you've got your dick, exactly. you're set. <laughs> now, what about the chest that Seth made? The sarcophagus. Yes. You'll see this uh, later on. It'll appear as the anthropoid coffin or the sarcophagus. Um, by the way, in case you don't know, what does sarcophagus mean, Chuck? Uh, sarco, I believe, means body, and a combination of body and snuffleupagus. Yes, that's what it is. It means, uh, yeah, body and, and, and consume, or flesh eater. Oh, Uh, like esophagus, like swallow. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's because later on people would, now the Egyptians didn't go, this is your sarcophagus, right? That's a Greek word. Uh, but later on they would find, you know, you know, old uh, coffins, they'd open them up and you'd have the mummy. It's completely desiccated as if all the flesh were gone. Be, oh, look, you know, they stick a body in here and it eats all the flesh. It's a sarcophagus. So you have this special container, this coffin, your body's whole, you're buried in Egyptian soil, and maybe, just maybe, you too can be like Osiris and you can re- resurrect and go on to the next world. It's no really brain, only for the... Know. One uh, percenters, though. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't afford a fucking sarcophagus if you've been working in the pyramids all your life. So that covers a lot of Egyptian funerary practices. But the story doesn't end there because Isis and Osiris go on to have a child somehow. Named Hor. Fake, fake dick. Yes, the, the child was named Hor. Us. Us. And yes. uh, <laughs> Horus. Um, Horus, as you can see, and what I'm sure, even though I haven't seen it, but is a quite fantastic movie, Gods of Egypt. Um, oh, yeah. Real, <laughs> really looking forward to that one. Uh, ends up battling with his evil uncle, Seth. Uh, he ends up, spoiler alert, he defeats him, but not without cost. He loses an eye. But not to worry. It gets magically regenerated. Because that's what you do. Just get it back. Um, you know, and that's where we get the eye of Horus. The, or the Wajet or Ujet. Or, um, as is uh, known by Egyptian scholars, the irreligiosity symbol. Yes. The ancient Egyptian symbol of protection. Royal power, good health, luck. Um, Wisdom, irreligiosity symbol. All this shit, you know. Also, the only tattoo I have. Oh, yeah. Um, On your yeah. ass. 
Unless you count that little dark mark on my arm where I got stabbed by a pencil when I was eight years old. That counts. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on my butt. Why did uh, you get uh, I Have Horace on your ass? Because this is a, this, that's a good question. You wanted Why? it protected. You wanted your ass protected. I did my ass protected. <laughs> you know what? It was the early 90s. It was a crazy time. That's when all the idiots started getting tattoos and made the people that get tattoos have to get more tattoos. And the people that would get more tattoos had to just like cover their whole fucking body and stick giant things in their ears and yeah. pierce every hole in their body. It's just, it's like a, it was like an arms race, you know. Uh, you have to differentiate yourself, you know. Yeah, we thought we were being cool and extreme by getting a tattoo. And, you know. <laughs> I selected the Eye of Horus uh, for the irreligiosity symbol because I thought it stood for wisdom. But it's oh. not correct. Well, <laughs> apparently, you know. like uh, protection, and that's yeah. why they had all these uh, like amulets and necklaces with the yeah. horse just for protection. Uh, protection seems good. It's fine. We're we're protecting people against ignorance. Well, it's also royal power. Oh so. yeah. Well, that yeah. fits. Well, totally. That's totally us. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it's just funny that a coincidence that like twenty, you know, five years ago. I just go in, I'm just like, I'm fucking just going to get a tattoo. Fuck it, you know. And I walk in, and they're like, what do you want? And I look at some shit, and I'm like, I want that. I want the irreligiosity symbol. I want the future symbol of the show that somehow I'm going to end up on. It's going to be a really good (laughs) podcast someday. Uh, But the real important message is that in that battle between Horus and Seth, Horus is victorious, but he does not kill Seth. And there's a reason. Seth is evil. Evil cannot be defeated. It's a reminder that it's always there. It's always going to be around. And the price of peace, Chuck, is? Uh, eternal vigilance? Yeah. I think that was in a Star Trek The Next Day. Yeah. The, <laughs> the price, price of, of freedom, I think. The price of freedom is eternal price vigilance. Price of freedom. Is that a Jefferson saying? Uh, probably. Uh, but also, yeah, so evil, it's also a Picardism. Uh, it's also an ancient Egyptian <laughs> saying, apparently. That um, too. Yeah, e- uh, evil cannot be permanently defeated. It can only be temporarily restrained. That's right. So if you behave properly, you take precautions, you stay in Egypt, you keep your body whole, there's a way to live. You can be resurrected. There's life after death. It's and interesting that, that the... Is, uh, yeah. Embodiment of you. So Seth was defeated. He he actually too was resurrected, Matt, uh, in the form of Ted Cruz. So, <laughs> oh well, that's mythology, Chuck. That's that's, that's Egyptian mythology. Um, that is Egyptian mythology. Now, I guess is it Osiris that weighs your soul? Because after you die, you you kind of get up and uh, walk around a little bit, maybe sail across the river. Because the Egyptians always like bury them west i guess the the sunset oh right right and so it was called you know dying was called going west so i think some of the pharaohs were built with little entombed with little boats too like little boat models so they would sail them across the river across the nile i guess to the west and then but you came to this one uh judgment bar i guess uh which is really interesting you know this stupid jack chick shows that faceless god he's and you come up against him and he's like 30 feet tall in Egyptian mythology, you come across this little stand, and I think there's this, um, it's like a balance, and there's uh, maybe a lion or, or some parrot or some shit, some animal, right. 
is asking you, you know, to list all your sins. And if you put all your sins on one side, the other side is a feather. <laughs> so if it outweighs the feather, you end up going to hell or getting eaten by all these wolves or some shit like that. Uh, yeah, I guess now, uh-huh. that was instituted by Osiris because when he died, he didn't have to go through that shit. No, he didn't. Um, well, they did, they did have, basically, you die and you end up before, like, a tribunal, I guess how you call it. Of if you probably. led a life in, you know, in conformance with all the precepts, um, especially, uh, I think it was uh, Ma'at uh, or, or Matt, it might be. Yeah, sure. no, the uh, God of divine order. Right. Um, you would be welcome to the kingdom of Osiris. But if you're found guilty, then you, you don't get to. You just get, you get tossed out. Uh, you get annihilated, I believe. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a heaven and hell kind of thing. Eaten by jackals, maybe. I don't think you're tortured. You just your your dead body gets your right. ka or your ba, whatever it is, gets rendered uh, by these jackals. You're not allowed to enter paradise. It's interesting, Matt, because the uh, Egyptian history spans something like three thousand years. Their culture, and they they twice they got plunged into this chaos called the intermediate periods, where there weren't really any organized pharaohs, right. just princes. And then, and twice they they pulled themselves out of it and reestablished that same pharaonic system, and, and you can attribute a lot of it to that uh, idea of Maat, which is the divine order. They thought that these were the thing that that was how it was supposed to be. It was divinely ordained, and as long as you followed the divine order, Egypt would prosper. Everything would be okay. Uh, once you deviated from that, you'd uh, fall into chaos and get conquered by other people right right that was the big thing with uh akhenaten when he decided to take off and and move and establish his own capital and and just right get rid of all the other gods right pretty much ignored the military uh ignored the priests of all the other gods and had his own little religious revival town built uh and and nearly destroyed (laughs) Egypt as a whole uh and king tut kind of had to go back he went back out of amarna back into uh shit memphis or i don't recall back into the egypt uh, capital of the of the time and kind of reestablish the the gods the old gods and reestablish divine order yeah interesting story we should probably talk about akhenaten as the first monotheist in one of these future podcasts. oh definitely um i was gonna say that yeah i mean there is just a, a wealth of of information here as it, it it's impossible that's why i only chose in this podcast to just cover the beginning essentially and that first story of of isis and osiris and you know set and horse because there's there's so much we, we we could sit here for you know that's a there's a whole lecture series on this that you know we recommend the one by uh, bob Breyer, right fantastic the, fantastic yeah that's that thing is like I think it's company. 42, 30 minutes. So, you know, it's like 40, 20 hours. 48 episodes. Know. Is it 48? 24 yeah. straight hours. You can do it in one single marathon. That's how interesting right. it is. Right. But that, it's, like, it's like binge watching, you know, some TV show. It's just, I just, every time he finishes one, I want to hear the next one and the yeah. next one and the next one. Yeah. Um, so we're going to return to this topic Again, we're going to do Egyptian mythology, unlike Norse mythology, which is kind of a hit and run. Uh, we're going to be coming back to this later this year. Uh, we yes. definitely want to hit the Ka and the Ba. Uh, those are important concepts. I love to go over the whole 
Akhenaten story too, and uh, and what transpired there. Maybe even yeah. some pyramid shit. Akhenaten is uh, is key because remember, Matt, uh, Akhenaten uh, got it from the horse's mouth. So the Aten right. actually talked directly to Akhenaten, uh, and so we actually, for the first time in history, uh, got the history of the universe straight from the one true God. You hear that, Christians? Suck it. I think we should teach the kind of, every time these uh, religious people try to stick their shit into science classes, right. we should uh, also uh, try to get Egyptian mythology snuck into science classes as well. I think so. Teach the controversy. Definitely. Definitely. Did you know, like in health class, did you know yeah. that you can birth a child with an artificial phallus? Do you know that uh, when you That's swallow it. the sun, it comes out of your vagina the next day? Yeah. You know what? If they do that, then all the guys will be like, well, that's not fair. Like, how come only I don't have vaginas? Spending too much time on vaginas. Seriously, you're not good. Yes, Jesus. No, that's just inviting a whole... The good news is you you guys can have artificial dicks and still have children, so... That's true. That's true. And those artificial dicks, covered by health care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Sunburnt vaginas are not, however... That was supposed to be a no-edit podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there are never no-edit because there are all these, like, gaps of spaces and ums and shit like that. Yeah, you just leave that shit in. Yeah, I'm too anal.